0: Uh, If you haven't been joining us in the last few weeks, we've been in a Christmas series in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And we've been talking about the names that Christ has been given. And in Isaiah 9, 6, just to refresh your memory, it says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father and the Prince of Peace. So if you have not been joining us the last few weeks, I want to encourage you to go back to our YouTube channel and listen to the messages that have been coming forth. Because we've talked about the wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, and today we're going to be talking about the Everlasting Father. These are names that Jesus was given and to be called. So today we're going to look at, as we look at the Everlasting Father, we're going to talk about what it means to be a child of God how we accept Him or how we don't accept Him, and how, as sons, we are to reflect who the Father is. But truth be told, when I say the name Father or Everlasting Father, I understand that the word Father has many different meanings to many different people. And it can become very complicated because we have earthly fathers. And while we may love them or may have a challenging relationship with them or no relationship at all, it is difficult to have a positive image of this word Father. It's difficult to relate to Him in that way. So when I say the word Father, it may this morning conjure up some emotions of fear and anxiety or anger, maybe because of an abusive past. But that's what, not what the Father heavenly father is to us so no matter what your experience is i ask that you would just open up your heart this morning as we talk about our everlasting father because i know when we say that word you just have a blank space like i don't know how to relate to god as my father i have a father i have a good relationship with my dad my dad is not a christian and my dad would tell me stories of his relationships with his father. He said, I, I know my dad loves me, but he never said, I love you. And I, I was like, that's kind of sad. But sometimes it gives me revelation of who my dad is and how he relates. My dad says he loves me, but he said my dad never did. He, he showed me things, and I knew he, he trusted me and he was proud of me, but he never said, I love you. And I thought, that's, that's where some of us are at. And we're like, so when God says, I'm your father... We go, wait, what? I- I'm not sure what you mean by that. But see, the way we relate to people, we classify them. We, some of you say Dada, Papa, Dad. Maybe you address them formally by their name. I know this is getting quiet in here. We relate to them according to how we classify them. It's the same with our friends. You're my friend. You're my acquaintance. You're my close friend. You're my best friend. You're the general population, and you're my enemy. We classify them, and we relate to people according to that. Does that make sense to you? So we do the same with our Heavenly Father. We kind of classify the the way we relate to him. I don't think, sometimes we're not aware that we do that, but we do do that. Our Heavenly Father, maybe you relate to him as king. See, he has different names, and we relate to him as such. Maybe he's our king, and we say, oh, he's one to be revered and obeyed. Or maybe he's my Lord and he's the one I serve. I relate to him as one I serve. He's my counselor. He's the one I go to to get advice. He's the mighty God. I know him as such because he conquered all my fears. He's my judge. He makes decisions for me. He helps me know the difference between right and wrong and he judges me accordingly. He's my redeemer. He rescued me. He's my friend. I hang out with him periodically. He's my provider. He's the one I go to when I need some money. He's my teacher. He gives me instruction. But do you relate to him as your everlasting father? See, I I think we read the Christmas verse. For unto us a child is born, a son is given. We're so excited. Thank you, God, for sending your son. He's my counselor. He's my prince of peace. But we kind of, sometimes we skip over this part because of the pains that we feel in our life. I have a friend that I was talking to recently and she was sharing with me, she has a painful past with her father. I won't go into the details of that relationship. But she said, for years and years, I could not relate to God as my father. I couldn't say that name. She said, but what happened was God kept demonstrating that he was a father to me over and over again. And now I can pray to him as my father. See, that's what God wants to do. With us today. What, us, what, what he wants to do with people around us in this season is he wants us to demonstrate who he is to the world as an everlasting father. He himself is not the eternal father, but he is a demonstration of the character and the nature of his father. So, first of all, we're going to talk about being sons and daughters of God. We're going to talk about adoption. Now, this is a word many of us don't know. There's a couple families in here who have adopted some kids, which is awesome, so they understand this well. But some of you don't understand what adoption means. And in John 1.12, it says this, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. So when he says, I have given you the opportunity to become a son, we have to receive him, and we receive him by faith. Galatians 3.26 chapter 4, verse 7, if you want to turn there, or you can see it up on the screen here. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ and have put on Christ, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to promise, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. This is what a lot of our teens go through. They're like, wait a minute, I'm heir, but I'm still under my parents, and I'm ready to get out of the house, I want to do this and that, but they, they're still kind of a servant in the house. They're not heir yet. Just to give you a little example. Okay, what? I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm ready to get out of here. In the same way, we also, when we were children, were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. This is what Isaiah says. He sent forth his son, born of woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might what? receive adoption as sons and because you are sons god has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying abba father so you are no longer a slave but a son and if you were a son then you're an heir through god see the church in this time they related to god as a servant they remained under the character of a servant and not a son and now sons have special privileges If you're just a servant, you don't have the same privileges, but if you're a son, and you receive God as the son and the father, the everlasting father, you have different privileges. You have greater freedoms. You have a greater inheritance. We are to be heirs of God himself. That is our promise. He is our promise. I know Jesus says, oh, in my father's house there are many mansions. And as a kid, I grew up thinking there's these huge mansions, and I get to go live in one of these cool mansions. You know, I go from the the depths of despair on here on Earth to a great mansion, this is great. That's not my inheritance. That's not what this is, but we grow up thinking that. We have this mindset that that's going to be my inheritance. No, God is your inheritance yes. as everlasting father. Yes. He wants to continuously, continuously be your father. And in Galatians and four, if you read on from there, we're not going to read it today, but it says right after these verses that they were very quick to turn back to the rudiments of this world. They heard this and they said, he wants to adopt you and this is what it's meant to be and he wants to put a spirit in you to cry, Abba, Father, and they were so quick to turn back and turn away from it. How quick are we to close off our hearts and our minds and say, God, I don't know if I know you others, and I don't know if I can because of the pains that I feel in my life and what I've been through. But God wants to open you up and say, receive me. I am not like your earthly father. I am nowhere near like your father. Yes, I, I had a good father and he loves me. I had somebody when I was in Bible college um, say, to, say out loud, and I don't think they meant what I interpreted as, you know, my, your filters. They said, your father can't love you if he's an earthly father and, or if he's not saved. And I was like, wait, what? You were just telling me I went into a tailspin for hours, <laughs> maybe a couple days. Um, people had to, my friends had to talk me off the fence a little bit. So I'm like, what are you saying? My dad doesn't love me. And I got so angry. But I didn't understand that God was separating the two. He's like, I'm not like your earthly father. He can love you with a natural love. But I love you with an everlasting love. That's who our father is. That no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you come from, God loves you. That is a father's heart. We do have fathers in this place who long for their children to be with them in heaven and have that longing. They don't see it. And I'll tell you, that love is so strong and drives them to their knees to pray for their kids. There's a story I read recently about a lady who was adopted. And she said, my favorite story comes from when I was in second grade. While many of my friends knew I was adopted, one of my classmates did not know and had just learned that day and thought it would be funny to make fun of the adopted kid. Long story short, he was the one who went home crying that day as my response to him after he made fun of me was, really, you think it's so funny that I'm adopted? Well, my parents chose me. They wanted me. For all we know, you could be, just be one big huge mistake, and your parents are stuck with you. They have no choice. He cried, I got in trouble for my smart mouth. I know that's funny, but it is a real story. It was a real testimony of somebody. I was, looking at. I was like, okay, wow, second grade. That's pretty, I don't wonder where she is today. <laughs> but God chooses us. That's the great thing about God. He says, I choose you. I want you. I want you as my son and daughter to be heirs forever, to be in my kingdom forever. That's how much I love you. But what happens for us as Christians is we don't love Christ. As he came as our father, we don't love him that way and receive him that way. And the Bible's clear. If you don't receive Christ as your father, you don't love your father in heaven. He came to reveal the father to us. You say, well, wait a minute. But I love him. He's redeemed me. I, you can relate to him all these different ways, but it is clear throughout, especially the New Testament. If you just read through it, I want to encourage you to do that. Know who the father is. He, Jesus came to demonstrate everything the father did. So you can hear this word adoption and say, I'm not sure I'm there yet, Pastor. I don't know if I can receive this today. That's okay. You're not the only one who was in that situation who had trouble accepting who the Father was. So we're going to turn to John chapter 5. Because again, we are not the only ones who went through this. (laughs) I'm going to show you that this morning. Chapter 5 in John begins with, uh, Jesus healing the man of the pool of Bethesda. Many of you are familiar with that story. Man lay 38 years in one condition. And Jesus walked up to him and he's, he's like, I have nobody, nobody to bring me down to the waters when the waters are stirred. And, and Jesus said, well, do you want to be made whole? And he says, yes. And he, he says, well, be healed in Jesus' name. He said, take your bed and walk. And so he does. And all of a sudden the Jews standing around are like, why are you holding your bed? It's the Sabbath. You're not allowed to do that. That's against the law. They're again all frustrated. Someone was just healed, and they're like, why are you carrying your bed? And they got angry at him. And John 5, verses 16 through 17 says, For this reason the Jews persecuted Jesus, and they sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them and said, My father has been working until now, now and I have been working. See, Jesus came to demonstrate, not just say that he's the father, but to demonstrate who his father is and the character and nature of him. And that was to heal. But people didn't want to receive that. They had trouble receiving. The Jews had trouble receiving who Christ was, even though they heard these prophecies in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, they're like, oh, unto us a child is born, a son is given. He's a mere be our counselor. He's, they were looking for a king. That's all they were looking for. They were looking for a father, but Jesus said, I'm going to demonstrate who the father is because he's the one you need to love. So it made the Jews furious, and they sought to kill Jesus. Not because of the works that he did, because they said he made himself equal with God. See, they were having trouble receiving that Jesus is the father. But if you don't receive him as such, the same church, you need to be careful. Open your heart and receive him as father. Again, this was not the first time that Jesus encountered this animosity. The Jews encountered Jesus even in John chapter 8. And he has these long conversations. I can't divulge the whole chapter to you. But in essence, the, the Jews are saying, well, we're children of Abraham. We're Abraham's kids. And Jesus is like, you're not Abraham's kids. If you were Abraham's kids, you, you wouldn't seek to kill me. And they're like, well, they're children of God. He's like, you're neither. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's kids, you would do the works of Abraham. You would see in demonstration, because Abraham believed me. Abraham demonstrated. Remember what Abraham did? He's, he took his only son. Sound familiar? And God said, offer him up. And so he took him, but the time wasn't yet. So God made a provision for Isaac. And he'd have to sacrifice his only son. But does that sound familiar? Who came to sacrifice their only son? Who was meant to be? That was Jesus. But Jesus continued to them and said, you're not of Abraham. And you're not of God, but you're of the devil because you do his works. I don't know why you probably looking at me like, don't say that to me. You're calling me a devil. I'm not calling you a devil. But if you don't do the works of your father and you don't demonstrate who he is, I bear to question if you have a relationship with him. In John 8:42, it says, If God were your father, then you would love me. If God were your father, then you would love me. That's what Christ says, you would love me. Do you love him as Father this morning? John 5, verses 19 through 21 says, Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does. And he will show him greater works than these that you will marvel. What I love is Jesus came and he was showing these marvelous things and people were wondering, they're like, Why does Jesus do this? Why does he have somebody carry their bed and break the law? Why does he heal them on the Sabbath? Why does he do these things? It's so that you will marvel at the goodness and the graciousness, the miraculous power of who your father is. Bible even says we are to do greater works. Church, you ever read that verse? And I'm always like, what does that mean? What does greater works mean? Because I want to see greater works. But it's through me that God wants to demonstrate his father heart and his miraculous power to demonstrate his love to the world so that they will marvel at the goodness of our father. So they weren't accepting Jesus, who he was. They weren't accepting his witness. They weren't accepting who he was. They weren't accepting the works that he was doing. So he's like, okay, I know that you believe that I need more than one witness. So I'm witnessing of myself that I'm God's son. And I'm I'm from the Father, and the Father is in me, and we are one. He says, the Father bears witness of me. Can't you see the works I do? That wasn't good enough for them either. They weren't accepting him as Father still. And then he goes on, he said, John even came and bore witness of me, of the truth. And it says, for they for a time were willing, say for a time. They were willing to rejoice in the testimony of Jesus. But they became weary of John. They said he had a devil, and they threw him in prison. Now, I don't know if you can relate to this at all. And maybe you're hearing me this morning, you're ready to throw me in jail. I don't know, maybe maybe she needs to be quiet and sit down. This is a really hard topic. You just need to brush aside, okay? You could have those feelings, that's fine. But there's a time we get excited and we say, yes, Christmas is here. The son of God is here. His, his birth is here. And he's coming. He's a prince of peace. He's going to redeem our souls. But he says, I'm going to be the everlasting father. Do you believe that too? Here I am. Will you receive me as father? See, we rejoice for a moment in different things. If someone says, God is here to heal you, and you're like, For a moment, you're like, yes, God, and all of a sudden, unbelief hits, and you're like, maybe it's not my time. Maybe it's not for me. Anybody else in here ever do that? Okay. Real crowd this morning. I love it. Thanks. (laughs) We get disappointed. We walk away frustrated, but we do the same when we hear that word father and relating to him. God, I can relate to you as my father. So don't close yourself off to the reality that God does have wonderful things for you, healing for you. Don't let your unbelief set in because this is what the Jews did. Their unbelief just set in. You're not really Jesus. You're not really the sent one. They were looking for all these different things and they they read the scriptures and they knew them. The Bible says, you search the scriptures that you might know me, but you don't really come to me that you might have life. See, there's a person that we need to come to. In John 5 37, it says, And the Father himself who sent me has testified of me. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form. But you do not have his word abiding in you because whom he sent, you do not believe. You search the scriptures for in them you think that you have eternal life. And these are they that which testify of me. But you are not willing to come to me that you might have life. These don't have to be hard scriptures. They can just go, Lord, I want to come to you that I might have life. Ooh, I want that. I want to receive you as my everlasting father because you're going to be my father not only here while I'm on earth, but you're going to be my father throughout all eternity. You're my inheritance. You're my portion. And I want to not just come and serve you and bow down to you. Yes, I want those parts of who you are, but I want you to be my father. If I say heaven is my home, who are you going home to? You don't go home to a king. We're going to worship him as king, but we also go home to live with him as our everlasting father. And if you don't know him as your everlasting father, how can you reveal him as such to the world? That's what we do at Christmas time. Right? Here, let me tell you about who Jesus is. Let me tell you about the son of God. We are supposed to reveal, and that's what Jesus came to do, to reveal the father to us. So the last part of my message this morning is the son is going to reveal the father. So this is both Jesus revealing his Father and us to be revealing to the Father. John 14, verses 6 through 14 says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also, and from now on, you know him and have seen him. But Philip, maybe you can assert your name in there, Carolyn, I don't know, Bob, I don't know if you're just Bob. Bob's not here. <laughs> Hi, Bob, if you're watching. Um, Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it's sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, "I have, been, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me? Philip, he who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? I don't know that this was a harsh st- statement to Philip, but I feel like the Lord has probably said that to me a few times. Hey, Carolyn? How long have I been with you? How long have you been a Christian and you still don't relate to me as a father? Can he speak to you in that voice this morning? How long is it going to take for him to heal that part in you that is closed off to him as a father? God is such a good father. Such a good father. Such a loving father. You know, there's always many people looking for who the father is. Maybe not just like Philip was, but they're always looking to where, where do I come from? Where do I belong? And some people don't know their father. So I, I like watching these shows. Like there's the one called Relative Race and there's one called Long Lost Family. I love, I get teary eyed when I see families reconnect and they're like, I've never met my father and they were adopted and now they're looking for who their, real, their, real, their biological family is, okay? But just because they find that person, they may see a resemblance on the outside, and they go, oh, now I have somebody that I know that looks like me. And it makes them happy, but it doesn't always mean they're going to have a close relationship with that father. But when we say, God, I accept you as my father, you know what the joyous thing is? That When you see him, it says you will be like him because you will see him as he is. So our real nature, our spiritual nature is to see our Father, and when we see Him we're going to be oh, that's who I am. And that never changes. There's something that just sticks inside of us. When I was little, I want to say, probably nine, I actually don't remember the age. I, my dad was watching the news, as he still watches the news, and so I'm like, Dad, stop watching the news, it's depressing you. <laughs> my dad is not a Christian, but okay. Anyway, see, um, I was watching the news, and this is when the AIDS epidemic came out. And I remember him getting so fired up and angry at the disease and how it came about. And I just, this memory just sticks in my head. And I just thought, as a, as a little girl, I was like, what if I got that disease? I didn't understand it. But I saw my dad get angry at it and frustrated at it. And I was like, all of a sudden I had this fear. What, we, what was the word this morning? God wants to take out the fear. I had this fear that my dad would not receive me if I got that disease. And so I, I was like... I'm going to ask him. So I remember walking with him. I remember exactly where we were we We're falling, walking out to the garage. And I'm like, hey, Dad, can I ask you a question? He's like, yeah, whatever. And I was like, if I got AIDS, would, would you still love me? And he just, he went off on like, I, he didn't say I would still love you. He just said, you'll never get it. And he just went off on his tangent about the news and stuff. If you've met my dad, you know what I'm talking about. And But as a little girl, all I wanted to, to say was, I will love you no matter what. But I wasn't getting that. But I tell you what, no matter what happens in my life, what comes my way, I know that I have a Heavenly Father that will always love me, always love me. And I wanna demonstrate that to you this morning. I hope you're hearing that in this message. Jesus was always showing them the Father, introducing them to the Father to know who he was and accept him. Philip was so close to Jesus but yet he didn't know him as father. But I think he was about to. Because <laughs> it doesn't always tell us. Oh, so Philip turned around and he acknowledged Jesus as father. But Jesus said, let me keep demonstrating to you. Let me keep showing you. God's not going to give up on you. He's not going to walk away because you're like, I'm not sure about this now. Or if you have so much pain from your past, he's not going to give up on you. He's going to keep demonstrating over and over again. That's what Jesus did. I'm going to show you again. If you don't believe me, believe me for my works. sake. Believe me for the miracles that I do in your life. I am a heavenly father and I love you. You know, there's some of us who have children who we that look just like us. Some not so much. But beyond our looks, there's inward traits and mannerisms and voice and habits, whether you like those habits or not that you received from your parents. We're supposed to take after we take after them whether we like it or not. But you don't have to take after something that's not the right image of God. We're to take after The mannerisms and the traits of our Heavenly Father. I want to show you a picture. If you put the picture of my dad up there? This is my, my, I call him Pop. This is my dad. He just turned 80 this week, by the way. (laughs) Um, This was Thanksgiving. I was blessed to go see him. And I take a lot of traits after my dad. My look like him. A lot of people say Gabriel looks like him. Especially when he was born, man. I was like, he came out and I'm like, you look like Grandpa. I told my dad that, and he said, I'm sorry. <laughs> my dad and I have a lot of similar traits. My dad loves to joke around, and I always said, Dad, when I taught preschool um, back in the day, I said, I, I do lots of things like you. I find myself saying these weird, stupid little things, but the kids just love it. <laughs> you know, like I, take, I serve them goldfish at lunch, and I'm like, oh, we're going to have sushi. And the kids are like, what? And then I talk in a funny voice, and then I'd be like, oh, we're going to drink cow juice. And so my dad always called milk cow juice, just funny things. So I took after my dad, and I'm like, well, I guess it works, so they like it. So I guess those are good traits, right? So we are to reveal who the Father is, our nature, our mannerisms, our actions, our words, our testimonies, the power that we release, the love, the life of who the Father is. We are to be an imitation of who the Father is. Amen? In Isaiah 8, verses 18, it says this. Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me. We are, say we are. We are. For signs and wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells in Mount Zion. I love this verse. Yes. We are to be signs and wonders, church, to the world around us so that they will rejoice. We are to reveal the Father. This is what... Isaiah 9, 6 says his name is going to be called. And what did we sing this morning? If we bear his name, if we have been set free, we're going to bear his name. So are you bearing his name? Not just wonderful counselor or mighty God or prince of peace or redeemer. Bear the name of the father and demonstrate who he is. As a parent, you may or may not relate to this. I have a perspective of how I see my children, whether they like it or not. I also make predictions and projections on what it will be like to raise them and how it might be as a parent or what they're gonna turn out like. But you know, they don't always present the characteristics or traits that I wish them to. Most of the time they do. I had to give that long pause just there. I know they're sweating in this room like, Mom, please be quiet. But they do manifest and demonstrate things that sometimes just surprise me as a parent. But I have to realize, God, that's amazing. I don't know that that wasn't me. That was you. Because I want to take even my own children and put their hand in the hand of the father and say, I want to be your parent, but he's your father. So you follow him with all your heart. So they do these things sometimes, and I'm like, man, I wish I would have taught them that. I want some credit. (laughs) And that's the way we can look past those moments where they say, I wonder if that is our child. (laughs) So we are to demonstrate who Christ is, not just our taskmaster or king, but demonstrate him as father. I was growing up too. Lastly, as we close here, if I can have the worship team come on up. When I was younger, people used to say, oh, you, you, have a, you have a religion. What religion are you? And I said, I don't have a religion. I have a relationship. You ever, heard, you ever say that? you in that generation? And I would say that, but I'll tell you what, I don't think I really lived it. I really was in religion, and God had to correct me many times. And I said, well, what it really is about relationship we have to relate, and who who can you more relate to is your father, sitting at your father's feet, sitting and ha- having coffee with your father, also coffee and drink. Lord, thank you for today. Hang out with your father. Be with your father. Be like your father, your heavenly father. We are to be his sons. We're to receive him, See the adoption of sons. We say, God, I I want to be able this morning to call you Abba, Father. So I need to, by faith, as it said in Galatians, as we said earlier, receive it by faith and say, God, I receive your word and I receive you. So put your spirit in me so that I will call out Abba, Father. I will call out Abba, Father. Put your spirit in me. I want to receive you. I want to be your son or your daughter. You have a choice to accept him. We have a choice to reject him, but I'm employing you this morning, if you haven't received him, don't reject him as father. Receive him as father. Receive him as your Lord and Savior. Receive him. Receive his life today. Because they prophesied so many times in the Old Testament, Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming, the baby's going to be born, and he's going to be called this. Don't miss it, because you can still miss it today. Because I'll tell you what, he's coming again. He didn't just come as a baby as we celebrate Christmas, but rejoice that he's coming again. And he wants to receive you into his kingdom as a son or daughter. Would you stand up with me this morning? The character and nature of our Father is one of hope and a future. He wants us to have the same character as he does, revealing hope and future to the world. How do you know him this morning? How do you want to know him this morning? Because of the story of, I told you of the doctor lady, she said, he picked me, he chose me. That's something to get excited about. But maybe some of you, I'll be honest, are still dealing with the wounds of your earthly fathers that it's really difficult for you to receive this because you still need healing and that's okay because your heavenly father is here to heal those wounds inside of you. And the pain that you feel, or maybe you have a good father, but you still don't know how to relate to God as father. This is for you this morning, because God wants to wrap his arms around you as a son or daughter and say, I love you so much, my son. I love you so much, my daughter. Come and be with me. Be an heir in my kingdom. I want you to inherit eternal life. Is through Jesus, you just have to receive Jesus, it's really simple. As I was preparing this, this song, this song came into mind, many of you know it. It says, "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word." Can we do that this morning, take him at his word? Just to rest upon his promise, this is his promise to us, his promised child, Promise to be our everlasting Father. Just to know, thus says the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How i proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious, precious Jesus, Savior friend. And I would say this, precious Father, Savior friend. And I know that he is with me, and will be with me to the end. Will you bow your heads with me this morning?